You're listening to a 3CR podcast created in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au. Diaspora Blues acknowledges this program is produced and presented on the sovereign lands of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation. We acknowledge elders past and present and becoming, as well as the owners of the land you're hearing us from. So, here you are, too foreign for home, too foreign for here, never enough for both. Ijuoma Umebinyo, Diaspora Blues. What makes you smile and adds a spring to your step? What does it mean to belong? And how do we build a home away from home? Diaspora Blues is a show that contemplates what is and what could be. Join Busto and Bigwa every Monday at 2.30 on 3CR Community Radio. Produced by Yan. Welcome to another week of Diaspora Blues on 3CR Community Radio, 8.55am, Ambigua. This week, we speak to filmmaker Fatima Mawas about their campaign to support domestic workers fleeing Lebanon. And Basto plays some of her favourite tunes right now. Hey all you mob, it's Dr Mark Winnetong here. Coronavirus has certainly changed the way we live, work and connect. These changes can be hard for some of us, and can make us feel no good in our head or spirit, like sad or worried all the time. Some of us might already be dealing with other things like sickness, trauma, and this can make it really hard for us to feel good about anything at the moment. If you're feeling like this, remember, it's okay to ask for help. Have a yarn to someone you trust, like your family or an Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander health worker. You can also call Beyond Blue, Lifeline, or the Kids Helpline to talk to someone or look at some helpful information at headtohealth.gov.au on the internet. A 3CR supporter. This is my conversation with Fatima Mawas about the exploitative system of kafala in Lebanon, how it harms domestic workers and what they are doing about it. Fatima, can you tell us about yourself and why you joined this campaign? Yeah, so my name is Fatima Mawas. I'm a Lebanese-born uh, Muslim that's uh, currently residing in, on Gadigal countries in Sydney. Um, and yeah, I've joined the sort of campaign to sort of support domestic workers in their repatriation back home because it's an important cause that as a settler and as a non-Black person, I think is, is um, it's important work that we need to do. I'm a writer-director and I've made a couple of shorts and in, in development on a couple of shows at the moment. Um, and a lot of the work that I do stems from the activism that I do. You know, a lot of it's about Islamophobia or Muslim women, um, sexuality, racism. Um, and so, yeah, I, I feel like I'm an organiser and activist and I use film as a way to push certain resistance efforts that I'm supporting or, or aligning to. And for listeners who don't know what's going on, can you give us an overview of the issue, which you have, but specifically what happens to domestic workers when they arrive in Lebanon? Lebanon has a system called the Kafala system, which is a sponsorship system. It's a system that is actually in place throughout the Middle East. And basically it's another word for modern day slavery. So someone will be, you know, in a country you know, East, West Africa, South Asia, and will go to, for example, a domestic worker sort of uh, agency 
and requests to sort of be placed somewhere in the Middle East. And it's presented to them as, you know, we pay for your flights, we pay for your accommodation, you get, you get um, a wage and you get um, free healthcare. So a lot of people come on that basis. And when they arrive in Lebanon, their passports are immediately taken off them by the office that is based in Lebanon. So an office to have a base in another country potentially, and then another office based in Lebanon. And so someone will arrive, be picked up from the airport by the office in Lebanon and be put in the office until they are basically handed over to a Lebanese family. Their passport is taken off them and they technically, the conditions of their, their visa entry into Lebanon is that they agree that they are under the sponsorship of somebody, a Lebanese citizen, and that basically that citizen has all rights over them. They can't leave the country without their permission and there's no real sort of way of um, putting in a complaint system that is sort of independent. So, you know, lots of people end up being placed in a, in a, in a, in a home and be forced to work something ridiculous hours from like 6 a.m. till, till 2 a.m., um, have maybe one day off, not really be paid. And, you know, the pay that they get is way below sort of poverty line and withheld from them quite a lot and as well experience lots of physical and sexual abuse and then be also asked to sort of a enslaver or, or you know, mother of a, of a household who generally has the worker is assigned or tied to the, the female of the household will often be like, oh, go and clean my sister's house or go and clean my, my cousin's house. And then lots of them are actually locked up in the houses and they're not allowed to leave. So like literally jailed. And yeah, they're just, you know, beatings, not being fed. It's slavery. It's modern day slavery. There's no other way around it. And in order to be able to leave, you need one, the, the support to be able to do that. But also you need to have the permission granted to you by your oppressor or your enslaver. Um, and that person that needs to sign off on paperwork at the equivalent of in Lebanon, what would be known as the Department of Immigration. Over there, it's called Amn al-Am or General Security. And the thing about um, kafala is that technically it's not a law. It sits outside of the law. And so there are sort of labor laws that govern um, other types of industries. And Lebanon's like, you know, it's systemic racism, right? Because in Lebanon, labor is divided into four wage categories for foreign workers. The first one is highly qualified. The second one is less qualified, but still sort of very um, an important job. And then the third category is low wages for men. And the fourth category is low wages for women. And then those last two categories, they then are applied as a wage category to kafala, which technically sits outside of the labor laws. So people can't unionize. They can't set up organizations to sort of support each other. They can't, um, there's lots of restrictions on them being able to ensure that they have sort of the equivalent sort of rights of any type of person, whether it be human rights or working rights or, yeah. I think that is so, that's so immense. And, and you, you sort of see the intersection of race, class. Especially because often what you'll see in Lebanon is the highly qualified and the less qualified. So the first two categories under the labor 
sort of wage categories, they are all people that come from white countries or European countries or Western countries. And then the last two categories, which are literally the, the low wage categories, are the black and brown people. So it's very much, as much as it is like a sort of a wage category, it's definitely also a race category. You mentioned um, what's happening in Lebanon in terms of the revolution and the current economic crisis that's leaving many languishing in poverty. Can you give more examples about how that sort of exacerbating um, this economic crisis is affecting domestic workers? Yeah, well, what we saw is... um, Basically, the the value of the Lebanese pound like dropped by something like 80%. So domestic workers are are engaged to work, but then are enslaved and sometimes given pay in US dollar. And um, there were two currencies at play in Lebanon for quite a long time, the Lebanese pound, but also the US dollar. So you could go to a shop and pay for something in US dollar and get change in US dollar, or you could also pay for it in Lebanese pound. Eventually, because of the corruption throughout the Lebanese government and a lot of sort of aid or funding being sent from international organizations to help make sure that country's um, budget doesn't sort of, you know, stay in the red, a lot of politicians sort of stole money that was meant to go into development. And what that then meant was that Lebanon as a country went bankrupt in a way. And a lot of these international aid organizations that would fund Lebanon, refused to fund Lebanon because of this. And so they moved, they cancelled US dollar. And so you couldn't pay somebody in US dollar anymore. And you couldn't send money to someone in Lebanon in US dollar. And you could, you could only sort of work in, in Lebanese pound. And, that, and the Lebanese pound, the value of the Lebanese pound depreciated. So families that were middle class... Um, and could afford a domestic worker, or not really, but like could afford to not pay a human being, you know, the right amount of money, no longer could pay the, the, the bare minimum that they were paying. And that then meant that, you know, as part of the Kafada system, the sponsor needs to be sending the, um, the worker home. So the flights to and from Lebanon come from the, the sponsor's pocket. And what they did then, instead of, paying for to send someone home on the on on the on the excuse of we don't have any money is literally dump the the worker that they had in their house on the streets in front of the embassy of the country that they came from some of them were given you know a suitcase with some of their things others not even that almost none of them were given passports and none of them were being paid sort of what was owed to them because often what they'll say the enslavers will say is, oh, we'll keep your money with us and then we'll transfer that to your family back home and leave you a little bit as well for you to be able to do what you want here, which is what sort of, you know, a lot of people when they work, they want to send money back home, but they wouldn't end up transferring money back home. They would, you know, and the, and the worker would constantly have to fight for that. And then when the collapse happened, they just started dumping people on, on the streets, not paying them what, what they were owed, not giving them passports so that they could leave, putting false claims against them as well. Things like they stole from me, they were violent, you know, really complete lies to then um, further remove their responsibility of paying for the flights and the repatriation of these women back to their countries. And not just women, you know, we talk about women because a lot of the work that I'm doing at the moment is specifically with domestic workers who tend to be females 
but there are a large number of, of male workers. Like it's a whole category, low wages for men that do a lot of things in, in, in construction and domestic cleaning, but so corporate cleaning for organizations and things like that. Atima, I'm so glad you came onto the show to talk about this. You are a part of a very important campaign called Flights for Domestic Workers Fleeing Lebanon. I'm sure there are people listening and thinking, how can I help? So Fatima, can you tell us about this campaign and how people can get involved? Yeah, so um, the campaign is literally to fund flights and anything else required for a domestic worker to be able to fly home. So that could be things like in the current climate, it's a COVID, for example. So lots of the airlines are requiring anyone wanting to fly to come to the airport with their COVID results, like a negative result that is no older than, I think, 72 hours. And so that costs money in Lebanon. And so the funds literally go to domestic workers needing either flights or COVID tests. And um, you can donate via, we have a Chuffed campaign. So if you go to Chuffed and you just search um, flights for domestic workers fleeing Lebanon, um, you'll be able to um, see the campaign and donate. If you can't um, donate, you can, we're, we're running an ambassador program where we're asking people to donate either half a day or a day of their time to calling their friends and family and asking them to donate. Um, and more recently, actually, we had someone approach us and say, um, uh, I, she, she does tarot readings and asked if it would be okay for her to, you know, offer the service for a certain period of time and ask people to, instead of pay her, to donate to our uh, fundraiser. So we're also receiving donations that way. Um, and basically what, what happens is um, there's a couple of organisations based in Lebanon that we're working with, anti-racism movement, This Is Lebanon, as well as Enya Lenya. Um, and then there's also individuals like ourselves here in Australia based in Lebanon helping certain communities So and, 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 and domestic workers themselves like organising in a non sort of, you know, NGO way because they're not allowed to. But there's a woman in, in Lebanon named Cindy, who's the president of the Cameroonian community in Lebanon. And she's organ- leading sort of the repatriation of all the Cameroonian women. And then Enya Lenya is kind of doing all the Ethiopian women as well as sort of other women such as um, Nigerian women or Kenyan women. or um, And so they'll contact us when they know someone is has the, the appropriate sort of paperwork to fly, an alternative travel document and clearance from general security or the immigration centre over there. And we then book their tickets and, um, yeah, or, 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 or sort of we have someone on the ground as well that we transfer money to who can receive money in US dollars and then they can um, hand that money over to the organisation that then goes and gets COVID tests done for the women, for example, or, yeah. The first I came to know of this issue and how, you know, serious and systematic it was, was actually um, was in a film. Um, but you've given mm. us a condensed history of this issue and I thank you for that. And there's a lot more I think we can all learn. Was there any mm. other websites or social media accounts that we should follow to stay on top of this issue? If you're on Facebook, type in anti-racism movement. They have lots of uh, reports, you know, and they work with international sort of human rights organisations to document systemic racism that domestic workers face. And they have a lot of resources in English and in Arabic that can help educate people about the system, what are some of the challenges that, that, you know, domestic workers have trying to organise in Lebanon. Also follow This Is Lebanon. They um, do quite a lot of the campaigning and naming and shaming of 
enslavers that, you know, refuse to release people or refuse to pay people. Um, and then Enya Lenya. This is Lebanon and Enya Lenya are actually both organisations that were founded by domestic workers um, that used to work in Lebanon. And, yeah, they also sort of work on quite a lot on the ground. Um, and then there's also um, Aileen, who's sort of doing quite a lot of work um, with Sierra Leonean women. And I'm not sure if you saw, there was more, more recently, she released a music video clip that was a, a song that was written by the some of the women who were waiting for repatriation. And so she's got a Facebook, but also an, an Instagram. And that's Aileen, A-L-I-N-E, Deschamps, D-E-S-C-H-A-M-P-S. And all of these organisations also have their own sort of fundraisers that they're asking people to donate to um, help support the repatriation of these women. Okay, so this week I um, I came across an unreleased album, a previously unreleased album that really excited me. Um, the artist's name is Nicole Ray. The album is called Electric Blue. Um, and not a lot of people, you know, have heard of Nicole Ray. She was actually one of the first artists that, well, actually the first artist who was signed to Missy Elliott's label, Gold Mind. And, you know, the first album together was, it was a banger, but there was a lot of criticism over Missy's over-involvement in the project, apparently. Um, and eventually things kind of fizzled out. And so this, her second album, was never actually released. You know, it got shelved. And so very recently, I think this month, Spotify finally uh, released it on on their platform. Um, they have been like you know you know versions of the of the album floating around on YouTube for years. You know for the OG fans who who were really, really trying to look and find the gems. You know, but um, Spotify released this, and you know for a lot of people that means you know this is the first time they're being uh, introduced to Nicole Ray who is severely underrated. Uh, you know, she's from that era, the 90s and the, the early 2000s, and she's actually making music now today as well under, under you know, different groups and names. But this, this body of work right here is just delicious. It's a vibe. So I want to play two tracks from that. First track I, I want to, you know, play for you guys is called You. Um, listen, if you're a player in any respect, this song is for you. That's all I have to say. Enjoy. <laughs>
and that was you by nicole ray um ray spelled w-r-a-y and um yo the nostalgia of that era of r&b has me feeling like all that good warm fuzzy energy and i hope you're loving it too so all right so for the second track my good people the second track is a little messy yes but life is messy you know we can acknowledge that and sometimes we can bump to that you know like that we do to this song right here um this song is called meet me at the spot it's by nicole ray once again enjoy smooth delight was called uh, meet me at the spot by Nicole Ray uh, that's Nicole w-r-a-y for Ray and the project is called electric blue you can find her on uh, a condensed version of it on Spotify 
Um, and if you want the longer versions of it that are out there, you know, that's all on uh, YouTube. Well, brothers and sisters, what a show of strength we've got here today. Local issues. So I'm here at the school, kids strike for climate action. Live coverage. Join the, the spirit of this gathering here today at IMAR. Your voices. So give us a bit of a lowdown about what's happening. There's about 200, 250 people here at the moment. Community struggles. We're now in front of the uh, Tundaminuaya Mōbōhina Monument. I'd like to thank Community Radio 3CR, who for the last decade has been broadcasting here. Feed Radical Radio, your membership is vital. A few hundred people about to pass us right now. Lots of young people standing up for their future. Subscribe today. Go to 3cr.org.au forward slash subscribe or call the station on 9419 8377. Are you a job seeker? Is your job service provider harassing you? Would you like to fight back? Well, there are several ways you can do this. For example, for legal matters, you can call Legal Aid Victoria on 1300 792 387. That's 1300 792 387, Monday to Friday from 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. You can also call the Australian Unemployed Workers Union on 1800 289 848. That's 1-800-289-848. The Australian Unemployed Workers' Union is an organisation run by and for unemployed people. If you would like to know what your rights are and how to fight for them, please call their advocacy hotline on 1-800-289-848. That's 1-800-289-848. You can also visit their website at unemployedworkersunion.com to learn about the latest campaigns. And if you don't feel comfortable calling a hotline, you can also visit their website instead. Um, so there you can download the Unemployed Workers' Rights Booklet. This booklet actually covers all sorts of information, such as the obligations of job service providers as well. Yeah, so these providers also have obligations that they need to meet and often don't. For example, did you know that they're required to explain all the services they can provide to you or that they're obligated to help you prepare a resume? Yeah, so a lot of people don't. That's why it's super important to know your rights because there is no shame in unemployment. Once again, call the Unemployed Workers Union hotline on 1-800-289-848. That's 1-800-289-848. Or visit their website on unemployedworkersunion.com. That's unemployedworkersunion.com. We want to thank our guests, Fatima Mawas, for shedding light on the situation faced by domestic workers in Lebanon. You can support the women escaping Lebanon by going to the Chuffed website, spelt S-H-U-F-F-E-D. Search Flights for Domestic Workers and pay whatever you can. My name is Bigwa and we hope you have an amazing week. You're listening to 3CR Community Radio 855 AM on digital and online.
3CR Radical Radio. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.